0: You're listening to the Gutsy Podcast, where we talk about all things real, raw, and ridiculous about running a business authentically. I'm Laura Wallace, also known as the Laura Aura, lover of all things inspirational, owner of Works Graphic Design, and your host on this journey through entrepreneurship. I'm here to help you get out of your head and back into action as a passionate business rock star. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday as we fuel your Gutsy. Branding is such a powerful thing, and it blows my mind because everyone is surrounded by it on a daily basis, and it's often such a back-of-mind, subconscious item that you don't even realize that you're interacting with branding. Let me give you an example. When you go to the gas station and you're standing at the pump, there are oftentimes ads playing. There's a logo for the gas station on the pump. And when you check out, there's some sort of visual branding on the receipt. You might get an email from your favorite store, favorite clothing store. And within that email, in the email alone is a piece of branding. And within that is a logo and some messaging, content, imagery. And then you decide, hey, I really need to go to that store today or tomorrow. And you go to the store and on the facade of the store is the logo and a sales banner and when you go in, let's say it's a clothing store, there's a tag on the shirt, there's branding on the receipt, there's all there's music playing, there's a scent to the store, and all these things are not, you, most people don't stop and think, oh my gosh, look at this amazing branding. Now as a branding nerd, that's usually the first thing that I'm evaluating. But these things are happening so subconsciously in the back of everyone's mind that you don't even realize that you're interacting with it. Now, you might be thinking, okay, Laura, so if it's so subconscious, then why is it so important? Well, that is what this episode is all about. Because while great branding often happens in the background, it's what lured you into that store or establishment in the first place. It's what drew your attention. It's what made you say, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I meant. That's exactly what I need. Or how do, they, how do they know me so well? When branding is completely on point, it can work wonders for your business, for your clientele, for the atmosphere that you're in and that you're creating. But when your branding is off, it can do just the opposite. Today on the Gutsy Podcast, we're gonna identify some things to find out if your brand is actually doing more harm than good. And ultimately, is it your branding That's the thing that's actually keeping you stuck. Funny, yet not so funny. The best way I can explain this whole concept to you is by leading by example. So I'm going to walk you through the story of how we realized as a branding agency that our branding is actually the very thing keeping us stuck. Over the years, we've gone through several variations of our branding. And when I am talking about branding, I'm talking about your color scheme, your fonts, your logo, the tone that you use when you write, the visuals like images and illustrations and photos, your entire client experience down to the office or the atmosphere where people do their shopping with you, all the way down to the granular levels of scent, smell, touch, texture, any type of interaction that a customer has with you is part of your branding. As we, as a branding agency, have gone through several variations of our own branding over the years, we've always felt like there could be more. Now, when I say more, you know, by nature of what we do for a living, we are always trying to perfect and evolve how we are presenting ourselves to the world. But what I mean is, and most recently, we go through these evolutions of these uh, gas and brake, okay, so we go to a meeting with our business consultant or we brainstorm within our office and we talk about leveling up our brand. We want to take it to the next level. We want to present ourselves differently and we get, you know, a couple pages worth of really great ideas. And then guess what happens? We go back to work. A couple of those items get executed and then timelines, expectations, meetings, just standard business stuff gets put in the forefront as it naturally does. And those really big ideas start to sift off into the background. What has happened is we've ended up with a lot of mismatch items over the years. A lot of shotgun in the moment. I need to do this or I have a cool idea. So I'm going to throw something together real quick and see if it sticks. But this whole challenge has gone way beyond, you know, using... Uppercase here and lowercase there, and a variation of our color through different marketing materials. Where we were really falling short actually was on me. As the business owner and the leader, I have made myself small in a sense over the years. And when I say I've made myself, look, I have accomplished a lot of really incredible things in my career that I'm extremely proud of. But there's always been a part of me that I've held back on because of a core negative belief. If you listen back through Liberation Week, you can hear a little bit more about that. But I've always felt like if I put myself out there, I would be, quote unquote, too much. So the further I got into the light, the more all these voices in my head and certain people around me would say, Why are you doing that? This is too big. That's not for you. This isn't the right area to do some of those things in. And I really honestly ended up scared to pursue it. So we are left with a reflection right now of what I've been putting out. The clients and the way that your business is operating is often a reflection of the owner or the person in charge. And yes, there are a hundred other items that go into that mix. But ultimately, we are attracting the energy that I'm putting out. So if I'm putting out into the world that I am willing to hide a portion of myself, we're going to continue to attract the clients and markets that are only willing to put out a little bit of themselves as well. Coming into this whole Laura Aura brand has been nothing short of a fucking challenge. I mean, I have fought it tooth and nail. I have talked about it and then I've gone completely silent about it. I've wanted to do it, and there's this this burning urge inside me to just completely just evolve into this speaking, traveling, money-making CEO awesomeness, right? But the world has taught me that that's selfish, and it's rude, and why would you do that? And, oh, now you're just going to be above everyone. So I have minimized that, and I've only played at about half of my capacity for the last 12 years, So how does a branding agency end up with a branding identity crisis? Well, when the owner only plays at 50% and there isn't enough time built in to dedicate to ensuring that our brand is cohesive across the board, well, that's how. Guess what that's resulted in? Not only mismatched marketing materials. Yeah, that's an issue. But the bigger issue is we've been financially stuck We've been attracting a lot of the wrong clients. I've been completely and utterly exhausted and stressed out trying to hold myself back. My brand has kept me stuck financially, emotionally, in abundance. Yeah, we've done a lot of really great things, but there are so many other things that we could achieve if we just release it and start being who we truly are. So the first thing I want you to do is I need you to get real with yourself and think about what are the aspects of your life or your career that you have unintentionally held back on. What has been calling you so loudly that you can't not hear it on a daily basis? What are those things that are holding you back and why? I found out that my core belief was that I am too much and therefore anytime that I wanted to step into the light, those voices would pop in and tell me to sit back down. So, what are you holding on to that no longer serves you? What was told to you when you were little? What was told to you along your business journey? Who is whispering in your ear that no longer has the right to tell you those things? For me, stepping into the Laura Aura brand has been nothing short of a challenge, but you know what? I have never been more ready. And this has all come about because I am surrounded by some of the most powerful, beautiful, amazing, talented women in my office. I remember one of the very first things that Kelly said to me when she started at works. And she kind of leaned back in her chair and got a little bit kind of shifty and with her legs and her arms. And she was like, she looked at me and she said, Laura, I think that we need to see you more. And that was honestly the first time that anyone had ever said that to me. So we started making these subtle changes where I would step out and people would see me and I make videos and I'm, and I'm nudging my way in like, oh, I wonder what this may feel like if I actually start stepping into my brand and showing up. And then I'll never forget, I was working in my office a couple of weeks ago and I'm very intuitive to energies and I'm working away and all of a sudden I just felt this really intense energy to my right. So I look over and I see Kristen and Kelly looking directly at me. And Kristen takes her pointer finger and, and curls it like, come come to us, come here. So I walk out into the office and I plop down on top of a desk like I normally do. And they look at me and they said, Laura, it's time. We need you to win so that we can win. See, what happened was they were trying to put together a media kit to help grow our sales with the podcast, to start offering sponsor opportunities, and to grow my engagement with speaking. But they hit a brick wall because our brand was disjointed. We didn't have a clear direction for our audience who we wanted to target. We didn't have a clear direction as far as geography. Where do we want to attract these people from? What type of messaging? How do those two brands work together? See, at Works, we have three core brands Works, the Gutsy Podcast, and the Laura Aura. And right now, none of those are speaking fluently between one another. They're siloed separately, and it's confusing as hell to try and create anything new. So, guess what happens? It doesn't get created, and we think about it, and it takes up tabs and space in our brains. And it keeps us from growing. Now, by that point, I'm in complete tears and Amber joins the conversation and we huddle up together like we did back in Liberation Week. And we just had a good old fashioned talking session about why and how our brands need to be cohesive. They need to come together so that we have a unified message marching forward. It was honestly in that moment that I realized that if I did not make changes, that this company would slowly die. And if it didn't die, we were going to continue to struggle our entire way through it. So we decided that big changes required big changes. And that meant treating our brands as if they are a client. We quickly realized that this was not a one or two day project. We were not going to go into another superhuman, powerful meeting and have a lot of great ideas and then have just a little bit of time to execute those things. Now, we if we are going to be hashtag million dollar 2020, then we need to start showing up like we are million dollar 2020. So we scheduled an entire blackout week, which means we are open, but we are closed to the public. And we were going to rebrand ourselves from start to finish. Anything and everything that has anything to do with our companies on it is getting redone. I want to walk you through some of the key point factors that we took into consideration when doing this rebrand, because yes, a rebrand is a big deal. And if you're going to invest the time and the money in doing it, I want you to do it well, I want you to do it great, and I want you to do it efficiently. The very first thing that we did was we gathered all of our materials, anything and everything that has our brand on it. And when I talk about your branding materials, I'm not just talking about your brochures and your website and your social media. While those are all huge factors, I want you to go deeper than that because your processes and your internal documents are just as much of your brand as your external. What papers do you use on a regular basis? Like invoices and estimates, your templates, any kind of internal documents that you use when you're in client and customer meetings. What are your processes like and are they functioning? This is a time to gather. I want you to really inspect your brand from the inside all the way to the outside. We got down into the nitty gritty of our core values, the phone message on our answering machine, and even our email signatures. I mean, it goes down to just the tiniest, tiniest details because it's all of those things that make a beautiful functioning machine or not. So I want you to spend some time gathering every single piece of your brand. I want you to print out your processes, and if they are not documented, there is the very first place that you need to begin. How on earth can you grow a successful company if your processes are not documented so that you can properly train future employees? Part of branding is cohesiveness, and that goes all the way down to how you answer the phone, how you take a customer or a client through a process, how you're onboarding them, and how you're thanking them after they're finished. That leads me to the next piece. You have to know your audience, your core customer, like the back of your hand. And if your answer is, I want to market to everyone, well, you're probably not alone, but that approach typically leaves brands with a diluted message. Knowing your core customer is such an essential part of branding. I want you to not only know their typical age range and whether they're a male or female, but I want you to really dig down into what problems are they having? Why are they coming to you in the first place? There's a book that I highly, highly recommend and it's called building a brand story by Donald Miller. In this book, Donald digs into the concept of the hero and the guide Oftentimes, as the brand, we place ourselves as the hero, which means we are singing our praises and telling the world everything that we've ever done. But in reality, yes, people are attracted to your business for certain reasons of that. But a person will come to you because they have got a certain problem. And when you set them up as the hero and you are the guide, you are telling them that I see you, I hear you, and I can fix that for you. Let me give you an example. If I set our brand up as the hero, I might say, welcome to works. We've been in business for 12 years and have a growing team of four women, and we specialize in branding, websites, space branding, and ongoing campaigns. That's probably going to attract a few people, and it has. But what if I flip it around, and I become the guide, and I talk to our client, our prospective client as the hero, and I say, I know that you're tired you've been growing a business for years. You've probably been handling your own branding and marketing in-house, and you're wasting a lot of time trying to figure those things out. You're ready to grow and expand, and you're not really sure how. The great news is we're here to help you. We're going to take those marketing efforts off your plate so that you can get back to the reason that you started your business in the first place. Do you feel that emotional difference where I switch myself from being the hero to the guide? It's as if when people are reading it, they're going to say, holy shit, how did they know that that's exactly how I'm feeling? I get that a lot even from this podcast. Yes, I'm sharing personal experiences because guess what? I'm one of you guys. But you wouldn't believe the messages that I get on a regular basis saying, Laura, it's like you were in my freaking office that day. When I listened to that episode, that's exactly what I needed to hear. This is what I'm talking about, about knowing your target audience, knowing your core customer. I want you to map this person out as if they are a human being. And is that going to attract everyone? No. But guess what? That's part of what keeps a brand stuck when you're trying to be everything for everyone. Some might consider this building a niche or niche or however the hell you want to say that word. This may give you an opportunity to specialize within a specific industry, or a certain geographical area. But most importantly, it's going to give you the opportunity for your core clients to respond to you. And I want you to map this out based off of your some of your best clients. If you could go back in time and think of a handful of clients where you're like, gosh, if I could just duplicate that person, I could do this all day long. What are some of the characteristics that popped up when you initially met them? What are some of the things that they said to you? What are some of the emotions that they experienced? What was the initial problem that they came to you with? And why were they so freaking happy after you finished? The way that you are communicating through content. And when I say content, I mean the words that people are reading on your website, the words that you're writing on your social media posts, and the words that you're putting in any collateral like brochures or rack cards or sales folders, even down to the way that you're answering the phone and the tone that you use. The more specific and focused that you can get on placing your customer as the hero, the more successful your brand is going to start working for you. Because here's the thing, if your potential customers cannot see themselves within your brand, you're missing a huge opportunity to grow your business. Another way that your brand may be keeping you stuck is if your visuals are not aligning with that audience that we just defined. Let's just say that you're a female therapist and you want to work with other women who are hardworking and completely stressed out. But your marketing materials and your website and social media all have dark colors and dark photos. Your messaging is inconsistent and all it talks about is your credentials. This is what we would consider a brand disconnect. This is an example of how your brand could be keeping you stuck. Because again, if your customers cannot see themselves in your business, you're missing out on huge opportunities. What if you flipped the perspective around and your materials were light and airy? There were soft photos with messaging that lets them know that you completely understand what they're going through and that you can help them overcome it. Or let's say that you invented a new line of activewear, something that's really fun and stylish, but also very practical. And you know that people that live in the city would be perfect for this product. But the website, mm, not really doing it for you because you've taken pictures with your iPhone of your friends wearing your activewear. The shopping cart experience is a little clunky and there is no packaging for when people receive it. This may be another way that your brand is keeping you stuck. Because if you invested in high-end photos, a sleek boutique website, and packaging that is an entire experience in its own. You could grow your market and ultimately sell more products. This is why knowing your core audience is so important because to attract those people, you have to not only know who they are, but what they're attracted to as well, and then align your visual brand with those people. And here's the kicker. To know who that person is that you want to work with and how you want to visually represent yourself you have to first know what you want as a business as well. That same line of activewear could be positioned through branding to sell at $80 or $90 or $100 a set to people in the city, or it could be positioned at a $20 to $30 range to hardworking moms and dads that have very little time to work out. And if you don't know who you are as a company and who you ultimately want to attract, your branding will consistently be a thorn in your side because you're going to feel like it never works. I'm also going to give you the permission that you don't really need, but I'm going to give to you anyway, because I know how you think. In either one of those options, positioning as an economic, low-cost item, or a boutique, high-end item, either direction is 100% okay if that's what you choose to do. It's the same as that, you know, some people will spend $10,000 on an engagement ring at Tiffany's, and other people are going to spend $100 at Walmart. Either option are completely okay because there is a specific market for both of them. This is what I mean about not being everything to everyone. Is it right or wrong to spend $10,000 versus $100? Absolutely not. Everyone has different lifestyles, different choices, different needs. But if you don't know what those people's needs are, how are you going to effectively get in front of them? So whichever path you choose to position your business in, I want you to do it. And I want you to do it at 110% capacity. Because when you try to be everything to everyone, your brand will consistently keep you stuck. And lastly, I want you to know your financial goals as quickly and easily as you could identify your children's birthdays. Because believe it or not, your financial goals are just as much a part of your brand as your logo is. See, part of why I believe that our brand has kept us so stuck is because I never clearly identified where we wanted to be financially as a company. Because of that, I wasn't charging properly. And because I wasn't charging properly, we are attracting the wrong client. And since financial goals are part of your brand, if it's not clearly identified, it's keeping you stuck as well. We've set a goal to make a million dollars in 2020. And because I know what that financial goal is, I knew how to properly price ourselves, how to package ourselves, and now how to position ourselves to be able to do that. And again, more permission that you don't need, but I'm going to give you. Whatever your financial goals are, are completely okay if that's what's great for you. I honestly think sometimes we have continued to flounder because I didn't set our goals high enough, guys. Remember that whole, I was playing small shit? Yeah, well, that showed up in our money as well. In my head, I'd have these passing numbers like, oh, well, maybe if we did this or, oh, maybe I'll just increase it like 100,000 for next year. But I realized where I want us to be as a company and as an organization was not aligning with the financial goals that I was kind of loftily setting. I've come to learn that the number one way that your branding is keeping you stuck is by not being clear. Clear with your goals of who you are as a company. Clear with your financial goals. How much money do you want to make and how much money do you want the business to make? Clear with your processes and how you communicate with people. Clear with your tone and your content. Clear with your visuals and your branding. If there's a gray area in your business and you continue to struggle in a certain area, it's because you don't have clarity. When you get clear on these items... Your business and your branding can actually become a force to be reckoned with. You can start working with the clients that make you smile when you see their name come across your email. You can pay off that debt and actually have commas in your bank account. You can reduce your stress and actually sleep at nighttime. And you get to do more of what you love on a daily basis. Branding is a hell of a powerhouse that goes way beyond the colors in your logo. It's really one of the primary reasons why your business is either stuck or thriving. Join me this Thursday as we take our power back by walking through who would you be if you were never criticized ever again. Until then, follow the Gutsy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And for more Gutsy Insight, follow me personally on Instagram at Aura. See you next time.